Welcome to Inspire on the Go. This season, we are focusing on growing together. It's exciting to know that we can grow in our relationship with Jesus and friendships with one another. Daily, as we abide in Jesus and invite His Word to abide in us, spiritual growth takes place in and through our lives. So what does growing together look like for you in your life and ministry setting? Grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Welcome back to Inspire on the Go. We are in the middle of a three-part series. I hope you were able to listen to last week's episode uh, by Lori McDaniel, where we talked about a ministry mindset of discipleship. Today, we're going to talk to Tracy Smith. She is a friend of Lori's, and she's also one of our network leaders. And she's going to not only share her story, but talk about how she transitioned from a Bible study mindset to a discipleship mindset. So in our first part of the podcast, I want you to meet Tracy, get to know a little bit about her story, and then we'll come back and I'll tell you what we're going to do next. So enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go. Tracy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, you wear a lot of different hats here in Arkansas. And so let's uh, mention a few of those. First of all, we are so thankful that you are our uh, network leader for the Northeast Arkansas portion of our state. So that means that you resource and encourage women's ministry leaders up in the Northeast part of our state. So thank you so much for standing in that gap and fulfilling that role and doing it with such passion. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts about that process. Uh, I'm, I, uh, first of all, I thank you for um, inviting me to do that because it has been a really uh, precious season. I grew up in a small church um, and cut my teeth in ministry in churches that really didn't have a lot of resources for women's ministry. And then um, later uh, I moved to Jonesboro and became part of a church that is larger and has more people who are serving and greater resources. But um, I love, I'm really passionate about the marriage of those two kinds of churches together. I believe that when, to whom much is given, much is required. And so I, my goal is for churches like Central to be able to partner with and minister with alongside uh, churches that are smaller. Um, and women's ministries that are smaller, that just don't have the resources and that we can come together. And that, Tracy, has been your heartbeat from day one. I know when we had an initial conversation and then Sherry Edwards came in to the process of um, a network coordinator, we've we've heard your heartbeat for the smaller churches, but also bringing all the women together. And that's, that's just something that you do so beautifully. And we just give um, thanks to you for that. And also for churches like Central Baptist who, you know, host events and open those up and make them regional events and, and so many other churches, not only in our state, uh, but across uh, our, our greater Southern Baptist convention. And so we're, we're excited about what God is doing. We are leaning in for his uh, presence and provision and leadership. Also, uh, you do serve in your local church with your women's ministry. I know you're on the team and uh, you have a, a role there. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, it's one of the greatest blessings of my life to be able to serve on that team. Uh, it is, uh, first of all, begins with having just a heart for the Lord. Uh, so the women on this team all um, love Jesus and want to serve him well. And then um, we have the privilege of coming together and really trying through prayer and asking the Lord to lead us to see our women and the women of our community. So we are able to put together events 
and then not just events because women's ministry is far more than that, but, but developing, um, from an on-ramp, just things that are deeper for our women to grow in discipleship. That's the, the heartbeat of our women's team. Oh, we love that. We're so excited that we get to see that happening in Northeast Arkansas. And like I said, that is contagious and it spreads throughout the rest of our state and has great impact. So keep running your race, sister. We are so thankful for you. I know that so much of your childhood and just growing up uh, in Arkansas has really uh, developed this passion for you, for the Lord, for the church, uh, for all the ways that you serve. And so let's talk a little bit about your growing up years. Tell us about your family and um, just those early years of development. Um, I am uh, one of four children to Jim and Carolyn Barber, and I'm the oldest. And I have a brother, Blake, who is not even a year uh, younger than me. And then my brother Bart uh, is a few years younger than Blake. And then my sister Ashley is the bookend. We're 10 years apart. And so we grew up in a home uh, where early on in our life, um, our mom was really the driving force of, uh, in our faith. And we, um, we, we were faithful members. We did everything at church. And then as we, as Blake and I got a little older, our dad's passion for the Lord grew even more then. And that was due to the influence of men in our community who came alongside him and discipled him. And so um, from a, 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 as a child, we went to a small church out in the country um, that my mother had actually grown up in. And in that small church, that's where I accepted the Lord. And I wasn't really sure what all that looked like, but because of that small community of believers, I saw what effect it had. I watched um, my mom, uh, salvation in her life meant that she had a heart for other people and served other people. I sat in church by my grandparents and my granddad, my papa would get up to, <laughs> to offer testimony and weep every single time, just in thanksgiving to the Lord. Um, it was a church where we had a pastor who didn't realize it was supposed to be a small country church and dreamed big dreams. And at one point we had four buses that picked people up in all the surrounding communities. Um, it was just a place that, that where I learned that salvation produces a work in us um, because of our faith in Jesus. I loved it. From there, I moved to First Baptist Church in Lake City, which where the same sort of things were offered. It's where I met Lori McDaniel when Mike became a pastor. And from there, I saw that um, salvation is also a heart for missions and for others. But in the, my early 30s in Lake City at First Baptist, that's when um, women's ministry became about video driven Bible studies. And so we just rolled from one to another studying and studying. And then when I came to Central, I came to that church with a full knowledge that in my life, there was faithfulness and service, but there was something that was really missing. And that was um, being discipled in his word. And so my whole life, the utter trajectory of my faith 
shifted in that discovery. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to your testimony about that in just a little bit, but it just the, the consistency of the local church. I definitely hear that in your story. Yes. The passion yes. of the people uh, to live to God, for God, with God, through God, mm -hmm. the testimony of the community of believers, and then God's faithfulness to put key relationships and yes. um, not only in your dad's life, your mom's life, your life. And we have to point out too, that your brother, Bart Barber is the current president of the SBC, which has just got to be such an incredible experience for you and your family. And to think about the impact of a small church and how it never stays contained. And so, you know, most of our churches in Arkansas are smaller membership churches, but one thing that we always want to encourage, and I know you do as well, is dream those big dreams and trust yes. trust our big, great, and mighty God for His move and His presence. And and so, thinking about your your testimony in terms of how you came to faith in Jesus Christ, fill out that story just a little bit for us. Um, I I grew up knowing who Jesus was. I think honestly, from the crib. Uh, because it was such an important thing to my mother. And when I think about my own salvation, I realized that it was my salvation came because of an investment in all sorts of people. It almost in my mind's eye looks like a quilt. I see these people who served and were faithful to teach me and other people my age, other people like me, um, who Jesus was. And so it was, it was literally an investment of people who were called by the Lord to serve in ways that he had gifted them to do so that just began to create layer after layer that caused me to long for um, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, that's so beautiful. And, you know, the, the thought or the that picture of that quilt and how God just weaves in different layers of people and thoughts and his word. And then it all comes together in his timing to produce this beautiful picture of a surrendered life, you know, and uh, I know growing up for you, it probably included revivals and vacation Bible school and maybe GAs or discipleship training. And, you know, just all of those ways that what we call spiritual formation takes place in our life. And for me, it's always neat to be at my current place and look back and think about all the things that God did to, to get me prepared for moments like these, but then to also look ahead and to know that he's preparing us even right now. And you know what we're doing with our material with Thrive Collective. I think that's part of what God's doing. He's preparing us right now for the days ahead. And that's why this conversation is so important to think about why we do ministry and how we do ministry. That brings us to a really I think important question for all of us to consider, which is what are your spiritual rhythms? How do you spend time with the Lord? How do you cultivate that ongoing, just exciting faith journey or faith adventure with the Lord? Um, I was long before this ever became something that I began to address in my own life. I was actively serving in my church and ministering uh, to other people but there was still something that I felt like a rhythm in my life that was not consistent. And that was my time in God's word. It's truly a discipline, um, just like many other things in my life. But that discipline, um, when, I when I began to experience that, um, it changed everything about my, the way I looked at even at my salvation, 
the way I looked at the places where I was ministering, the things, sifting the things that I was doing to serve the Lord in, in places where I realized there were other places I could be more effective. All of that came through his word. Mm. And so at, for me, it started when Nicole Arbuckle, uh, who was a, a network leader as well, was, was at our church and she came to me and said, hey, Tracy, I want us to do a pilot program so that we can consider doing this for our women. And she began to flesh out what a discipleship group looked like. And uh, I laugh about this and I say it every time I talk about it. My mother always told me you never write down anything you wouldn't want just anyone to read. <laughs> so when Nicole said, we're going to journal and we're going to post this. And I thought, oh, I could hear my mom on my shoulder saying, Tracy, you want to think about that? Yeah. Um, but I did it. I did it. And those 12 weeks literally turned my life upside down. Mm. And I began to have a passion for his word. So one of the, the most important, the most important rhythm in my life is in the mornings I get up and I spend time in God's word yes. and I spend time in prayer with him. And it is in those places where God takes a text that I'm also now doing with seven other women and we will read that and the faithfulness of his word um, to speak specifically in the needs of each of our lives is one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced. And so that is first and foremost for me. There are other things that God has called me to do and to be that I'm passionate about, but that is the utter foundation of all of it. And so developing that consistency, I think is the first thing we need to, we need to seek to do in the lives of women because it changes who we are. That's right. That's such a good word. And, uh, you know, everything that you said, yes. And amen, the word of God is living and active and he is mm -hmm. faithful to speak and to teach and to correct. And, you know, that, that it's just unbelievable. The promises and precepts that are available to us on the daily, you know, as we go throughout our day, and the consistency of that time really provides the structure for us to be led of the spirit and to, to walk in step and in, in fellowship with the Lord. And so some of those daily rhythms, I think, um, you know, we can, we can be creative with like maybe how you do it, where you do it. But one thing that we need to commit to is how often we do it. We, yes. we need to just commit that this is going to be a part of our life. And I know that you're going to share more about your discipleship journey. And I'm so glad that you mentioned Nicole, Nicole Arbuckle, just such a quick shout out to her because she really helped lay the foundation of this mindset here in Arkansas. And so we're so grateful for her. But I want you to know, Tracy, just before I jumped on our call, um, I received a text from somebody and I want you to speak into this. She is starting a discipleship group with an another couple of ladies in her local church setting. And she's like, where do you begin? And so I sent her some resources, some books, but I know you, I just thought I'm going to ask Tracy that on the podcast, because I think people, women want to start these groups, but they're like, okay, how do we get started? So just give us a couple of thoughts. I'll, I'll be happy to do that. It is, it's funny because we've been so driven in other directions in women's ministry. When I approach women about doing this, they'll say, uh, what, what book are we going to use? And gets that we're going to use the Bible. That's what we're going to use. And so it is, uh, we have a reading plan and you can get those online. Uh, Candy Gallaty's church, Rob, Robbie and Candy Gallaty's church has some great uh, offerings for us in that area. We have also done some, we've customized some at our church. We did a, 
a church-wide emphasis on spiritual disciplines a couple of years ago. And we wrote a reading plan that also incorporated those things, which was really something that, we, that I enjoyed being able to do. But we have a simple reading plan that uh, women commit to reading five days a week uh, and journaling about it. We have we create a private group me account that's just for the women who are in that group. No one else can see. And we share those journals. Addressing that is something that's a challenge for women who've never done this because their immediate fear is everybody's reading every word that they've written. And it's not that at all. But I will tell you this, when my, when the, my phone begins to ding in the morning, when those women have added those journals, it's encouraging to me. Um, and I think that we spur one another in doing that then. So we read five days a week. We journal five days a week. We use the here method. There are other kinds of methods you can use. Um, just we, we look at what speaks to us in a passage. That's a highlight section. What this passage meant in the time that it was written, which is really important too. Uh, then how am I applying this to my life? And then what's my response to the Lord? Sometimes it's a prayer. Sometimes the God will prompt us to act in some way and we document it there for ourselves uh, more than for anyone else. And then we come together once a week. We share what we've learned those days. We, pray, we, we will work on reciting the scripture passage that we're memorizing and we will pray together. And what happens in that hour every week with those women is it begins from day one, building a community uh, of women who are committed to pray for one another and support one another. And watching those women grow during that year is one of the sweetest blessings that God has ever given me. Uh, it, it truly is amazing to watch them do that for a year and then to replicate it, to step outside so maybe that first year, sometimes it's the second and invite other women uh, to do. I tell them it's like Amway for Jesus. We just <laughs> yes. multiply and multiply <laughs> in discipleship and seeing how it changes the lives of women is the most encouraging thing ever. That's so exciting. And the, the way it calls us into vulnerability and transparency mm -hmm. before the Lord and with one another, that really is um, a gift that sometimes we don't even know that we need. But it is exactly it's just the grace of God to provide a safe place. Where yes. And, you know, Andrea, sometimes we just we put on this church face and we gather with other women and they look at us and think, oh, your life is great. And so you have you can't identify. But the vulnerability around that table really shows women, hey, we are all in the trenches of life and life is beautiful and it can be horribly challenging as well. Yeah. Uh, so I think it creates that honesty that has been maybe missing among us. Okay. Amen to that. Well, we're going to put more information in the show notes. Uh, we'll uh, tag all of those uh, resources with uh, Candy and Robbie Gallaty and their uh, ministry. And uh, the Disciple Her book is another great book that, that we can tag in that. And then also I'm going to put your email address as and in, in contact information as, as our coordinator for Northeast Arkansas, but also if just a, maybe somebody's listening and wants to connect with you and hear a little bit more about your story, I know that uh, you'll be happy to have that conversation with them. So we like to end our podcast and we're not really ending it, but we're going to transition to a, a different segment in just a few minutes. But we always like to ask our guest, what inspires you in life and ministry, just in general, Tracy, what, what inspires you? Um, 
in this season of my life, the thing that has inspired me the most is young women. Um, we look at the world right now and see things and we wring our hands at, about, Lord, do you see what's going on here? But I want to tell you, God is raising up a, an army of young women who are learning in their college years what it means to have a passion for God's word and for his kingdom. And when days are hard and they're challenging, I look in the faces of those young women that I've sat across the table with, and I remember um, how they see the Lord and how they see the future. And I want that kind of vision before me. Amen. Amen. I love that. I love that every single guest has a different answer, a different perspective, but it always kind of comes back to and that God's in control and that he has a plan that we can trust him in the midst of that plan. And the fact that he is moving in that next generation, praise the Lord. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the podcast today. Thank you for all the ways that you pour into the women of Arkansas in Northeast Arkansas and beyond. And, and thank you for your testimony. Your testimony is a picture of transformation, uh, not only in salvation, but also in that sanctification, just working out uh, your salvation as you trust the Lord, his faithfulness and surrender to his will and his way. So we thank you for who you are and how you serve and can't wait to see what God has uh, in the future. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tracy, for sharing your story with us. We are so thankful for you, and we're so excited to see how God continues to shape and mold your leadership and your life for the glory of God. Now we're going to transition, and we're going to go to our content from Thrive Collective, and you're going to hear a conversation between Lori McDaniel and Tracy Smith. I really talk about that shift that Tracy experienced as she moved from a Bible study mindset to a discipleship mindset. So uh, enjoy this conversation. I pray that it challenges you, uh, that it equips you for your ministry setting. So Tracy and I have known each other forever. We're that old. Um, actually, so before my husband and I moved to Africa, um, he pastored First Baptist Church Lake City. Yes. Um, my first time there, I realized there's not a lake in it. Ain't a city. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you, we fell in love with that church. Um, Tracy and I became friends, we did ministry together, and then our lives have just really kind of gone continents apart, miles apart, but she's the kind of person that we circle back around, like we just pick up where we left off. And I have loved watching Tracy's heart even from afar. Shift and change, because you've always been involved in church, you've always been involved in ministry, but something shifted and now how you see, how you function, how you lead in ministry and discipling. And so, like, start telling us somewhat of your story, like, what shifted um, in order to get you doing what you're doing right now. Okay. Um, I grew up in Lake City, where there is no lake and it is in the city. <laughs> um, and lived there my whole life. I've only lived 15 miles from there my entire life, which is a marked difference from hers, but um, in Lake City, I um, grew up with a family that loved the Lord and served, and my mom's attitude was, if there was a need, you meet it, which I'm just going to tell you, don't abide by Carolyn's rule there, because that's not the case, but so I was involved in women's ministry, and our women's ministry shifted when Mike and Lori came. Um, we had a new mindset about what we were doing, and I think it was timely, because it was that was kind of the advent of video-driven Bible study, and I mean, we ate that up. And so my cycle of 
of encountering God's word began from going from one Bible study to the next. And I don't want any of you to leave here thinking, well, Tracy doesn't think they're good. Yes, they're good. But there was something inside of me that would constantly nag in my heart and think, there's got to be more than this. There has to be more than this. And so about 10 years ago, um, we had moved at this point, and we were in a church in Jonesboro that was very new and very different for me. But about 10 years ago, one of the, the women who was one of the pastor's wives there came to me and said, I've read about this discipleship model, and I would like for you to be part of a pilot group. And so I'm listening. I love her. I'm listening. She says we're going to read scripture uh, five days a week together. We're going to journal and I immediately bells and whistles started going off in my head because my mother, Carolyn, said, you never write anything down you wouldn't want anybody else to read. And I thought, well, I can't do that. Uh, and, but I wanted to give her the face like I'm still maybe all in without letting her know this is not happening. And so she said, we're going to journal. Then we're going to post those journals in a private group me account. Oh, Carolyn's going, see what I'm telling you? Um, and then she said, we're going to memorize scripture together. I had never memorized lengthy passages of scripture. I am a, I want to perform and do the right thing. And I thought, well, I, okay, I'm going to think about that. Um, knowing full well in my heart, I was going to find a creative way to say no. That sounded like it was a godly reason that I was going to say no. Uh, but I couldn't come up with one. So I did that, and that encounter, that 12-week pilot that we did has forever shifted my life because I can tell you this now in confidence knowing it there's nothing that will change your life like the Word of God Amen. there's nothing I love the passage that you picked today because the living Word of God encountered this woman and changed her life and we all have access to the God breathed pages of God's Word and it will change who you are so I began 10 years ago with a pattern that we follow every year. I will choose five women. Usually this year it is nine and it's too many. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, women that I spend a full year with and we follow a reading plan in scripture together. We meet every week. We journal every week. We pray together. We speak about what God's word speaks into our life. And it is amazing to me how God proves every Sunday night at 5 o'clock when we gather that his word is living and active because the same passage will say something uniquely different in the lives of each of those women that are there. And one of the most beautiful things I've learned over this, these 10 years of women around the table is initially I chose women to do this with who were in my demographic women who had young teenagers, women who had this, later women who were going through menopause, because it's a whole different planet. That's right. Oh, girl, it is, I tell you. But one year, something random happened where uh, we had a few women who didn't have a spot. And I ended up, for the first time, with a group of women who did not fit in a demographic. I had a woman in my group who was 74 years old, and I had a young woman in my group who was 22. And I thought, well, this is going to be odd. And, it, and then I began to think, you are the luckiest 22-year-old on the planet because all these older women are going to just pour this into you. And y'all, I want to tell you, it was the most beautiful exchange I've ever witnessed. Titus 2 is real. And the, the power that we have 
in affecting the lives of women older than us and younger than us matters. It matters. We have, in the church, we have so boxed ourselves in into age groups doing the things that age groups want that we have forgotten the beauty of really coming together. And so each year as we finish, early, already, before we're getting close to the finish, we're talking about, okay, what's this going to look like for you next year? One, maybe two of you will come together, and you're going to choose your people. I have had, um, I have seen spiritual growth in these women. One of my favorite years, 2019, I was just, uh, I was talking to someone earlier about when we, we moved our mom into a memory care facility. The night before we did that, uh, we had an event at our church, and one of the women in my discipleship group called me as I was packing my bag for the next day to take my mom. And she said, Tracy, I know you're busy, but I just need to talk to you for just a second. And I said, okay, what's going on? And she said, I am not a Christian. And she was in my discipleship group. The assumption for me was that she was a believer. And I said, well, Denise, we can take care of that. And I said, you, I can talk to you if you want to talk to our pastor. No, I don't want to talk to our pastor. I want us to do it. So over the phone... We, she prayed to receive Christ. COVID hit, her baptism was delayed, but now she is leading one of these groups. It is multiplication in action, and it costs nothing. Here's what, I, here's what I want you to do. Yeah. I want you to break that down, because you, you've used like the word pilot and these groups, yes. and you were doing like the whole video track, because for some women, when they hear that, you know, like this pilot group, this discipleship group, and I just had five people, they're thinking, well, I don't even know what you're doing. And if there's not a video, I can't do that. No video. Right? And yeah. so, like, break that down okay. for us. So, like, what what is this group? Okay. Um, what are you doing? Okay. Because that's going to freak some people out. They don't have a guide and oh. a video. Oh. And the so first forth. question that, that when I ask someone, well, let me just begin by saying, I, I began praying at the beginning of the year with a new group who's going to be in my group the next year. And so I just asked the Lord to bring bring women into my life, and then I began to pray through that, and I will invite them to, to be in that group with me. And I tell them, we're going to come together each week. You'll bring your Bible and a notebook. We're going to talk about what we've read through the week. We're going to pray together. We're going to memorize scripture. And every year they'll say, okay, what book are we going to use? I'll go, the Bible. <laughs> That's all? That's all. So we come together, sit around a table, open those notebooks, look at the scripture passages we've read, and we use a model where they will write the verses that stand out to them, and then they will, they will examine and describe the context in which it was written, which matters, mm -hmm. and then how does this thing that I've just read speak into my life, being sensitive to the Spirit of God as he's speaking to them, and then a response. This is sometimes a prayer, or God has, God has impressed upon my heart that I need to do this. And so we share those things with one another. And it becomes, from the first meeting, this, this gathering of women who have nothing in common ending a year with women who have the most important thing in common in the world. And, and that relationship continues. So it's not as if in multiplying you lose the people even behind you. It's just it grows into the most beautiful thing. And for the first time in my life, I have felt filled and content 
in the ministry that I am doing and watching women being able to walk away and have gospel conversations. So I'm a woman, I'm listening to you, and I feel that kind of still that tired of doing the same thing and going from one video to the next video kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So you've intrigued me, mm -hmm. but I don't know where to begin. You're talking about the Bible, which is really pretty thick, and yes. I'm not that knowledgeable to be able to give some hermeneutical, theological something <laughs> when people come. Like, I don't even know like where to begin. I know you said praying with people you'd ask, but okay, now we're together. Um, now what? Okay, I have a reading plan that I give them. Which you got where? which I've written some uh, myself that I have, and then there are some that are online, and I'd be glad to share those with mm -hmm. any of you that might be interested. Uh, what I've found is a lot of the plans that are out there are written by men, and so they're methodical and direct. And, and so one year we, we actually wrote one where we incorporated the fruits of the Spirit and the discipline, spiritual disciplines and directed women to pray and on some days just have a day of prayer which that that was really effective I think for our women and something that blessed them so you we would have we would have a reading plan we I just everybody brings their own little notebook and we model I share an example of something that I've written in years past and give them everybody's scared the first month because they, uh, I had one woman crying in Hobby Lobby and a friend of mine saw her and she said, Tracy, what have you done with that? And she said, she's crying because she didn't know what kind of notebook to buy. And I said, oh, my lands. And so I called her. Yeah. Then yeah. people take it seriously. Yes. Like they want to get the spiritual stuff right. Yes. And what yes. you're trying to say is, hey, let's break down some of those barriers. Yes. And let's just come together around yes. the Lord God. Yes. I had a lady who was a new believer who said, I don't even know what all this means. But as I read this passage this week, it's this word that stood out to me. And I thought, that's I it. I think, I think that if people would be daring enough mm -hmm. to step up and try it, you don't have to start with huge. Like, again, it's four or five people, yeah. right? Yeah. So we did something similar in um, our women's ministry whenever I decided we got, we've got to change something. And I literally, because I knew I needed some leaders, so... We did 20. Don't, yeah, I know that you shouldn't do that many. No. But I did 20, but these were women that I knew could, like, help kick off. Yes. And after that year, I set them free. And all we did was go through Scripture. And really, you learn to observe what the Scripture says, because if you observe it rightly, you can interpret it rightly. If you interpret it rightly, you can apply it rightly. And so then I set them loose to then ask, not have people sign up, but ask four or five people to join them. We had one lady who um, was like looking for a location for, I can't remember why she couldn't meet in her house. It was at a coffee shop talking with someone about, hey, I'm gonna do this, we're just gonna, we're gonna read God's word. Um, would you be surprised how many people actually want to do that? Mm -hmm. um, and the coffee shop owner overhears them and says, you can meet here if I can be a part. Like this person wasn't in church, but she was intrigued. Like, I want to know what the Bible has to say. She doesn't want to know what Beth Moore has to say. And I love Beth Moore, okay? We're not, and there's some great Bible studies that I think are good for, um, they have really good stuff on them, but they're not necessarily a great constant diet. Right. Yeah. 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 It's dessert. Yeah. But you need dinner before you have dessert, right? <laughs> dinner is, is being in God's word, the discipline of God's word yourself. Sometimes I think that we have, we think that we have to create these things that are flashy and exciting and we need glitter and smoke 
you know, for people to want to come. But I, what I have found is the simplicity of just that discipline in being together. The Lord is faithful to speak to us through his word. And once he begins to do that, it changes everything about who we are. Mm -hmm. um, I think what's fun is because even small times that we're together, when I hear you talk about um, the women that you're meeting with and discipling with them and being in the word. Like, I know Tracy back here, and then I see this Tracy now. <laughs> And while this Tracy over here loved the church and loved serving and, and everything, this Tracy that I see here who's leading women to get into the word, like, you overflow it. And it's not perfect, and it can be complicated, and discipleship is messy. But, man, there's so much real meat and substance to it. So I know people may want to contact you. They see you around, all that kind of stuff, so they can ask you questions yes. and so forth. Anytime. Yeah. But what is, uh, like, if you could leave them, this will put you on the spot. Um, if you could leave them with one thing, like they're standing on the edge, like they're just listening to you, they're not quite ready to jump off yet, like what is one thing that you would say to encourage them in order to take that dive? Um, I, I know that it's scary. It was very scary for me. I know that it is, but I'll tell you this. I'm 59 years old, and I look back and I think, what would my life have been like mm -hmm. if I had had this kind of relationship with God's Word when I was 25? Mm -hmm. And I'm now getting to see in the lives of other young women what that looks like. Uh, and I want that for everybody. Mm -hmm. So you, I'm just going to, you won't do it right. Mm -hmm. you, you won't, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to look back and think, I wish that had been different. You're going to have challenging uh, circumstances that will come up. But it is the richest the richest source of discipleship and encouragement and community that we can create. We can bind ourselves together around lots of things, but that is the richest place that we can find. And I will tell you this, it's the greatest place of encouragement that you'll know as well. Just do it. Wow, thank you so much, Tracy and Lori, for sharing your story. Uh, we are so thankful for all the ways that God is working in your life. Um, and friends, as you listen to this podcast, we trust that God's working in your life as well. There's so many different ways that we can grow in our walk with the Lord, in our friendships with one another. And one great way is by coming to our Inspire Women's Conference. It's happening Saturday, September 23rd at First Baptist Church, Russellville. You are going to be so encouraged to flourish in your walk with Jesus. So much of what we've been been talking about at Thrive Collective will be discussed and we're going to take a deeper dive into these topics at Inspire 2023. So uh, we want you to be there. We're so excited. We can't wait to see what God has in store. Uh, register and find out all the details at absc.org inspire. We can't wait to see you soon. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.